The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Nantlanje, Vandach, Nasijaye. I'll learn from God's word and my life never be the same again because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. You ready? Man, I'm ready. We're starting a brand new series today. Uh, I, I titled it uh, Born Identity. Some of you may have watched the movie, Born Identity. It's a different spelling. This is your born again identity, your real identity. And so we're going to be taking a trip uh, to help you discover who you are in Christ. Uh, this is one of the most important things that you need as a child of God uh, after you get born again to really learn uh, about your ID. What does your ID say? Who are you in Christ? Uh, a lot of people have a, a, a glorious ID from Jesus, uh, but they don't know anything about it. And because of that, uh, they are shortchanged in uh, the things that they can uh, partake in, and they are limiting themselves when they shouldn't be limiting themselves because uh, He has given us all things that pertain to life and uh, godliness. And so we're going to look at this in three uh, uh, steps. We're going to look first at uh, uh, you, you know establishing you in no who your God is. Uh, that's the first thing you need. And the second thing we're going to look at is establishing uh, in letting you know who your enemy is, who your real enemy is, and that people uh, are not your enemy. Sometimes you go to uh, Christian circles and people are, you know, praying these fire, fire prayers, and sometimes they make quotes and they're sending them to their enemies and they're talking about people. Uh, unlike the Old Testament saints, uh, people are not our problem in the New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament, we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen? Uh, so your, your enemy is not your neighbor. Uh, God loves them. Yeah, Jesus died for them. Your enemy is principalities and powers and spiritual wickednesses in high places. Amen? So we're going to show you uh, through Scripture how also your enemy is already defeated. And it's going to be fun. Uh, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, you know, he, it was way back in the days of candles, and uh, he was getting ready to go to sleep. And he had this revelation uh, that we, we, we're not fighting against uh, an enemy that has any form of power. He's a defeated foe. The Bible tells us in Colossians 2.15 that he was defeated. He spoiled all principalities. Jesus did that. He disarmed and spoiled all principalities, making a public show of them, triumphing over them. In other words, he had a parade to let everyone know that the, de the devil had been defeated. He, is not, he's not, he may be a lookalike lion with, with no teeth. Uh, the only power that he has is, you know, the power that you give to him. And so we're going to show you uh, through Scripture how you don't have to be freaked out. So it says of uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he was going to sleep. And then he heard some manifestations at the front of the bed. And he got up to check 
to see what it was, and it was a tokolosh. And he just said, oh, it's just you. And he blew the candle and went to sleep. Now, aren't your neighbor and ask them, what would you have done? <laughs> and try and, try, try, try and get an answer. <laughs> Some of you would have called an all-night prayer meeting and you would have, uh, you know, started a prayer chain. You would have uh, gone on a 40-day fast because this is the truth. You don't really understand that the enemy has been defeated. And so Smith understood that and he didn't entertain the enemy. And so, man, it's going to be fun. And the third thing is we're going to look at who uh, you really are in Christ. And so for us to look at... Uh, who your God is and how that reflects on you. Let's quickly go to Exodus uh, chapter number 3. We're going to read from Exodus chapter number 3. The book of Exodus is uh, the second of the five uh, in the Pentateuch. And uh, these were all written uh, by Moses. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting when you read the book of Exodus because it is a book that focuses on our redemption uh, it is a book that focuses on the slaves being set free. The children of Israel had been in uh, slavery uh, for a few centuries, and uh, God, in the book of Exodus, uh, began to make an exit plan. That's why it's called Exodus. It's an Exodus. They're coming out of uh, some place to go into another place. And right off the bat, you know, uh, you and I have to realize that before Christ, we were slaves. And uh, what's interesting when you read the story of the children of Israel is that, uh, uh, you know, when you are in slavery, uh, uh, it takes someone out of the system of slavery uh, to take you out of slavery. And this is why Moses had to come from outside, not from within, uh, because the door out of slavery only has one handle, and that handle is outside. And the reason is because uh, a child of a slave is a slave, you know, and that's what happened when Adam did what he did in the garden. All of us were born with the sin nature uh, which made us uh, slaves. And so when Jesus came, you couldn't be born uh, of the seed of a man. You know, when, when people challenge that, uh, uh, the virgin uh, birth, you know, a lot of Christians don't see the significance of that. They just kind of play along. They say, it doesn't matter if she was a virgin. Oh, no, it does really matter because uh, if she wasn't a virgin, then the conception would have been from a seed of a man, and that would put Jesus right into the slave system. But because Jesus was born through the incorruptible, someone say incorruptible, the incorruptible seed of God's word, he was born outside of the slave system. And because of that, he could open the door for you and I set us free from the outside. Amen. Amen. And the second thing you learn from uh, Exodus is this, that, you know, uh, you can't uh, uh, set yourself free from slavery uh, because uh, slaves don't earn money. <laughs> it doesn't matter how hard you work. You're not getting a salary at the end of the month as a slave. And so if the price to set you free was at a thousand rand, it doesn't matter how many hours you put in, you're still not getting a penny at the end of the month, so you can't, set your, you can't redeem yourself. And so it's foolish to think that you can work yourself into salvation. God never designed the system for you to earn your own salvation through your works. In fact, when you work so hard and you, God looks at all of that and he calls it filthy rags, it doesn't even cut it. 
It doesn't even make the redemption prize. Amen? And so these are the two principles that we learn uh, about slavery and our redemption in Christ. That word redemption is just a big word, which means to be bought back from the slave market. And that's what happened when you and I were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We were redeemed. Man, he bought us back. Someone shout, I'm redeemed. Man, I like that. David said, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say something. Every single morning, man, you ought to say something about your redemption. I'm redeemed. You know, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, it tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse. He redeemed us from sickness. He redeemed us from poverty. Praise God. We don't have to be poor. Jesus redeemed us uh, from all those things. And he redeemed us from sin and the dominion of sin. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So he redeemed you from uh, uh, the slave market of sin, but also empowered you such that sin no longer has dominion over you. You are no longer slaves to sin. You are now slaves to righteousness. You just can't help it but produce fruit and produce righteousness. Amen. Amen. I said amen. And so if you read in Exodus 3 from 10 to 15, uh, uh, you know, uh, it says, Come now, therefore, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. He says, Come now, therefore, I will send you to uh, Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You know, in the New Testament, this is God sending his one and only begotten son to set the Gentiles free. That's awesome. Amen. And he says, but Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the children, the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And so God tells Moses that when you go to the children of Israel and they ask you who sent you, tell them, I am uh, sent me. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And that word, I am, is, the, is God's name, uh, Yahweh. This is God's redemptive name. And we are introduced to this name uh, in Exodus chapter number three. And if you look you know, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus, you know, this was a type and a shadow of a truth, a reality that was to come in the New Testament. Jesus begins to reintroduce himself in the book of John using the same name. Jesus said, I am. And he began to give us seven, someone say seven. He began to give to us seven different redemptive names that you find in the book of John. And so we're going to be establishing you in these seven different names. And I'm telling you, after we're done uh, with this, man, you're going to realize how powerful you are. You're going to realize how God has positioned you. He's rigged the game so that you and I can be success. We can be as successful as he has called us to be. Can I get an amen? And so he reintroduces himself as number one, I am the bread of life. That's what he tells us. Number two, I am the light of the world. 
Number three, I am the door of the sheep. Number four, I am the resurrection and the life. And number five, I am the good shepherd. And number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And number seven, Jesus said, I am the true vine. What's interesting is that Jesus uses a, a term of certainty every time he, you know, he spells out who he is. He didn't say, I am uh, one of the many breads out there. You know, glutton-free, low GI, uh, whatever you may prefer. Rye. No, he didn't say that. He said, I am the bread of life. He didn't say, I am, you know, one of the doors to the Father. No, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you continue reading, he says, you know, there is no other way except to, uh, to the Father except through him. And so this, you know, uh, makes all those uh, uh, interfaith meetings goofy in nature. What are we trying to achieve? You know, just get all these different faiths, put them in there. We can have a nice salad. That's not, that's not, that's not what Je Jesus is saying. Hey, listen, out, outside of me, there is exclusivity when it comes to what Jesus says about his relationship with the Father and our redemption uh, through him. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And so today we're going to look at uh, this statement that Jesus said in John 8. Uh, 48 to 59, where he said, I am uh, the light of the world. It says in uh, uh, verse 48, then the Jews came, answered and said to him, uh, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? Can you imagine? They, they were accusing Jesus of having a demon. And Jesus answered and said, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said unto him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself to be? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father, capital letter F, he's talking about God. He says, it is my father. And before Jesus uh, brought this revelation, which really is a revolution uh, when you come uh, into, full, into the full understanding of this, he calls God father, which, which implies a relationship between the two. Amen? And for you and I, he has put a spirit of adoption on the inside of us, and we also can call God Abba, Father, which means we have a relationship with God. Amen? He says, it is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him. But I know him, and if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I know him, and I keep his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it, and he was glad. Man, I wish I could talk about that a little bit, but we have so much to cover. Verse 57, then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said, most assuredly, 
I say to you, before Abraham was, man, he's punching them in the stomach. Before Abraham, I am. Amen? Amen. I said amen. He just declared his deity right there. Verse 59, then they took up stones to throw at him. They were going to stone him. But Jesus hid himself and went out out of the temple, going through the midst. He just kind of disappeared. Just, you know, he, he pioneered that stuff that you see in the movies. And so if you go in uh, uh, verse 12, let's go to verse 12. Verse 12, uh, then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of God. The light spoken here is Jesus uh, and the absolute life that he gives. The darkness is spiritual death and the sin it produces. So when he says light, I am the light of God, he's talking about the absolute life that he gives to us when we are founded in him. Can I get an amen? Uh, Just as life here on the earth cannot be sustained without the light from the sun, life as a believer cannot be sustained without the light that Jesus is in our lives. Amen? Amen. Number two, we do not have to walk in darkness, bumping into stuff as those without the light. When we walk in the light of God, which is the light that Jesus is, man, we're going to have some boldness. Man, you know, these days we get to experience uh, a little bit of darkness every now and again. They call it Lord Shedding, uh, uh, you know, where we live. That's, you know, what happens. And uh, sometimes in the night they just shut it down. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it changes the game. During the day or when I had lights, man, I could walk around and I could do stuff without really being concerned and stuff. Man, I know where everything is. But immediately, as soon as they Lord Shed, man, it takes away my boldness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now I have to, you know, all of a sudden I'm hesitant. You know, I can't, usually, I'm I'm usually bold. And that's what happens in the life of a believer who does not take full advantage of Jesus, who is the light of the world. When you don't walk in this light, man, it takes away your boldness. Amen? I said amen. The third thing is, his light reflects on us. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 5, verse 14. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 14. His light reflects on us. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 14. Notice to what he says here. Because Jesus is the light, now you and I can also become the light. Amen? Amen. One of the things you will realize about all the redemptive names of Jesus that we just read, God has empowered you to point man into those redemptive names. And he has put uh, uh, some anointing on you for you to be able to function to a measure in one or two of those redemptive names. You are not the good shepherd, but you can be a shepherd. Amen? You are not the light, but you can reflect his light. And so he says here now, Because he is the light, he can now boldly declare, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Next verse. Nor do they light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. Let, someone say let. Let. The reason he uses that word let is because 
You cannot let. Did you get that? You have a choice in the matter. So he's telling you and I to do this. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hey, you see that word works again, and we're going to show you uh, what he's talking about over there. But for now, let's quickly go to Isaiah chapter number 60 uh, from verse 1 to 3. We're going to do a little bit of teaching over there. Isaiah chapter number 60 from verse 1 to 3. Someone shout, I am the light of the world. And Jesus is the light in my life. This is what it says in Isaiah 61 to 3. He says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. He's talking about a day that you and I will live in. He says, You must arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. He's talking about Jesus, the light of the world. He says he will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you, because Jesus is the light, his glory shining on us can be seen on us. And he says, and the Gentiles or the unbelievers shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. It's similar to what he said in Matthew 5 uh, verse 16 where he says, when you let that light begin to shine, people, unbelievers will see it and they will glorify your father. And so when I read Arise, uh, uh, Isaiah 60 from verse 1 to 3, it was just pre-lockdown. You know, as we were getting to, uh, uh, I mean, I'd never been to any lockdown. That was uh, March the 24th, uh, 20, 2020. 2020, I think, March the 20, 2020. No, no, no. The president announced on the 24th of March. Remember the dates, you know, 24th of March, I was there and I was sitting and, you know, listening to him announce that was the first lockdown, you know, we went into. And, and, and uh, you know, I had never led uh, in, a, in a pandemic as a pastor. And so I didn't know what to do. So I ran to the light. I ran to the Lord and I said, Lord, what do we do? And the Lord gave me Isaiah 60 verse 1. He said, arise and shine. And I said, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do I arise? What kind of animal is that? How many feet does it, anybody ever heard this uh, verse quoted? Yeah. You know, and you're just sitting there thinking, man, I want to arise, but I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I don't know. And as a youth, you know, I was the how guy. I would always ask the pastor, how? I wanted to do everything that scripture is saying, but just show me how. Because I want to have tools so that I can learn how to work these things that scripture is instructing us to do. And every time I would go to the preacher, after he's preached the sermon, arise and shine. Say, man, I want to arise. How do I do it? They'll just preach it loud. Arise! <laughs> I say, no, but I really want to arise. You know, how do I arise? You have a rebellious spirit. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I wanna, all I want to know is, hey, I'm getting ready to arise. You tell me, how do I arise? Do I join some political party, get their T-shirt and their, you know, cap so I can arise? How do I arise? I want to know the how. And so that's what we're getting ready to show you, right? He says, arise, that's on you. That's on your side of the ledger. He says, when you arise, something uh, phenomenal is going to happen. Uh, you are going to shine. You're going to reflect uh, this light that has come on you and the glory. Someone say glory. glory. 
Yeah, that's the infinite nature of God's resources uh, toward us. His love, his provision, his anointing, his healing cannot be exhausted. It's infinite in nature. And he says when you arise, man, that thing is going to be seen on you. His love is going to be seen on Inexhaustible. His anointing is going to be seen on you. Cannot be exhausted. His provision is going to be on you and cannot be exhausted. And so how do we do that? And so we have an illustration that we use uh, uh, to teach this. You know, we're talking about arising, right? And uh, this is the illustration, right? This is the sun. You know, the, the natural sun, right? Which is also the son of God. Well, PT, how can you uh, 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 use that son as the you know, son of God? If you read further in Isaiah 60, right at the bottom in verse 19, he actually tells us that the sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness, uh, brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord, someone say the Lord, the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God and thy glory. When we get born again, we have another source of light called the Son of God, who is Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. And so this is just my illustration that I like to use. Uh, uh, and we, unfortunately, we get caught up here, you know. Uh, there is something in between the Son, the Son of God, and where we are, and it's known as the earth, you know. Uh, the earth, the world, Marshall called it, you know, the world system and things of that nature is going on over here. And uh, when we get born again, we are over here. You know, when you're fresh, uh, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, a new creature. Uh, unfortunately, or well, fortunately in the kingdom, you're over here. This is where uh, the believer starts off, you know. Uh, 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 why? Uh, because you, know, you now have to learn how to arise. You know, that's the responsibility of the believer to arise. And that arising, we're going to show you uh, what it means. But there's a problem here. Because when you're over here and the earth is between you, you can call the believer the moon. If you like. If you wish. You know, and uh, for those of you who know anything about uh, science, you know that the moon does not generate any light of itself. You know, all the moon does is uh, reflect the light that's coming from the sun. But for the moon to reflect that light that's coming from the sun, it has to be fully exposed to the sun. And that's the arising he's talking about. Amen? See, while you're over here, uh, a lot of believers are over here and they're wondering, how come I have uh, limitations? How come I'm struggling? How come I'm not seeing healings? How come I'm not seeing all these powerful things that are available? It's because while you're over here, I think Marshall quoted it, Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded. He wasn't talking about outsiders. He was talking about God's children. He says to be carnally minded is death. When your focus is over here, man, even though the sun is given out, the Son of God is releasing glory. You'll never see any of it, and it will never be a reflection on your life. And so this is why in Isaiah 60, he tells us to arise. And that word, to arise, simply means this. It means to awake. Amen? It means to awaken. Uh, there are certain truths and realities that God has given that we need to awaken to. Can I get an amen? He said in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, uh, somewhere there, he says, awaken. In fact, if you go to Ephesians 5, 14, he says, wake up, you sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Amen. See, when you are over here, uh, you're, you're, you're sleeping. 
In other words, when your mind is not renewed. A believer whose mind is not renewed is, is right here. Their mindset is focused on what's going on on the earth. They get their shine. They're trying to get their shine from the news. Or the vaccine, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I may get into trouble. <laughs> but that's the truth. They're trying to get their solution from the carnal realm. Yeah. Amen? amen? I said amen. amen. <laughs> but here, the, the scripture is calling us to arise or to awaken to these realities uh, that God has given us. Ephesians 5.14, he says, wake up, you sleeper, rise from the dead, and when you do... Christ will shine on you. His reflection will be on you. People will just see that there is something different about you, and Roma calls it effortless change. It's effortless. You see, something else that happens over here to the sleeper, this is where a lot of uh, religiosity is. This is where it is. This is where a lot of religious games, calisthenics... Get played because people over here realize I don't have the light. And I've been there. I've done that. You know, uh, they realize I don't have the light. And so they try to generate the light uh, in their own strength. God never called any, any one of his children to generate. Hey, you are not the light generator. He's called you to be the light reflector. He never called you to be the light generator. And when he shines that light, he also calls it glory. Someone say glory. Man, glory, glory is a powerful word in Scripture. It's not, it's not just a, 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 you know, a, a chant that we throw one you know, in there when the preacher is preaching good. You know, glory! Glory! No, glory is a powerful word. When he says his glory shall be seen on you, here's what he's talking about. He's talking about his inf- God's infinite. Someone say infinite. He's talking about God's infinite nature of grace Love, provision, anointing, and healing. Now, with this in mind, I want you to read uh, Isaiah 60 from verse 1 to 3 again. He says, arise. Now, you know what to arise means? It means to renew your mind. It means to change the way you think. It means to be woke in the true sense of uh, the Bible meaning of being woke, not the liberal thinking. No, the woke is your, your awakening to the truth of God's word. When you allow God's word to penetrate and govern your life, he says in uh, Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance of his word brings light. It brings illumination. It gets you to rise up and you are fully exposed to the light that Christ is. Because you and I in the New Testament, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, 18, for you and I in the New Testament, we can behold this light with an open face. And when we do that, like a mirror, he says, when we do that, oh man, we are being changed every single day from one level of glory to another. But we have to be up here. Amen? Ignorance is not going to cut it. You remember over there in Genesis, I think you quoted that scripture a few weeks ago. Uh, 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 I think it was uh, 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 Jacob. He was sleeping, and, and, and when he woke up, when he arose, when he was awakened to this reality, he said, man, I was sleeping. I didn't even realize that this is the house of God. 
He was awakened to something that was already there. And so what we are talking about is not to be the glory generator. God hasn't called you to be the glory generator. He has called you to come into a realization through his revelation that there is something greater. And when you do that, you let God's word start to govern you, it changes everything. Man, this is good preaching. I wish I was writing notes myself. That's how awesome it is. No, this is good preaching. I'll tell you that. Luke 2, 32, if you read Luke 2, 32, he tells you Jesus will lighten the Gentiles. That's what he says in Luke 2, 32. He says he will lighten the... He's not talking about bleaching either. <laughs> he says Jesus will bring revelation to the Gentiles. See, a lot of people miss it. Sometimes they... <laughs> Going to the Word of God, looking for revelation. God never called you to go into If you do that, man, you're going to wind up in some sort of heresy. When you go into God's Word, you should never be looking for revelation. You should go into God's Word looking for Jesus. And when you look for Jesus, when you find Him, He will lighten you. He will enlighten you. Amen? Man, I'm telling you, this is where you want to be. Because there's so much that the Son of God is giving out. I had an illustration the last time I preached this, that the sun, you know, S-U-N, the sun, it gives out so much energy. I may have to uh, look for that statistic. Uh, I, I, I found it. He says the amount of power the sun produces in an hour. Someone say one hour. One Just the amount of sun, uh, the energy the sun, S-U-N, produces in one hour uh, is way more than what the world consumes in a year. And if you are to quantify it, he calls it 430 quintillion jewels. That's 430 with 18 zeros. I was a quintillionaire one, you know, at one point in my life. Yeah. And, and I'm not lying either. Quintillion Zimbabwean dollars. I had it in my account. And so... Here's, here's what I want you to do. Every time you see the word glory, I want you to think 430 quintillion jewels. I don't want you to think it's some religious statement anymore. Every time you see the word glory, I want you to think the infinite nature of God's resources. Man, I wonder how many people really realize when God says you will supply your needs according to his riches in I wonder if you even know what that means. See, because people quote that, and then they go start worrying about their 3,500 rent. Listen, you just quoted Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. See, the word poverty doesn't even fit in glory. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in 430 quintillion at your disposal. The only limiter is, are you up here? Did you get the full revelation? Did you, ooh, ooh, finally, did you realize that there is so much available for you? That's the difference between the kind of life you're living now and the life that God wants you to start living. Man, it's revelation. It's revelation. 
Man, everybody will tell you, uh, uh, all the people that I meet and they ask me for advice or whatever, I, I send them to Caris. And the reason I'm sending them to Caris is not because I'm trying to turn them into a religious nut. It's because I'm trying to get them to awaken to something. I'm trying to get them to realize, oh, it's 430 quintillion that's available. Hey, and when they do, they come on up here, there's going to be such a shine on them, such a reflection on them that, you, hey, you can start preaching the word without words. Did you hear what I said? When you're over here, you can preach the word without words. All people have to do is to look at your life and they will see the shine. They will see that your family has been created in glory. See, see how I did that? Glory. You, you can't just say glory, man. It's, it's... And so that's arise and shine. Don't try to generate the... I, I did it. I remember when I was young, you know, starting out in ministry, I'd get invited to go and preach somewhere. And because, you know, I wanted to be powerful in and of myself, I had an awaken to the truth that the light that should shine on me is Jesus' light. I thought that the light that should shine on me is my light. So I got an invite to go and preach somewhere. I get an invite to go preach somewhere. Immediately, I'll go on a four-day fast because I'm trying to generate, generate the glory. I'm over here. You know, I've got to generate the glory. No, you are not the glory generator. And then you do four days and four nights. You do prayers. I did midnight prayer. Yeah, we're going to turn it up and start doing midnight prayers over here. But hey, the problem is not you trying to generate the glory. The problem is you haven't arisen, awakened. Your mind isn't renewed enough to realize that there's already a light that's shining. All you got to do is be fully exposed. And when you are fully exposed, effortless change. There's an effortless revealing. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 16. We're going to wrap it up here. Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 16. Thank you, Lord. Is this helping you? Yes. Man, I love it. It is God's infinite grace for his children. It's available for all of us. Amen? Amen. Man, I'm telling you, as you arise, God is restoring dignity to some of you. You may have gone through what you went through over here. And uh, as, as long as you stay here, man, it's going to hurt. And the enemy will, will try and remind you uh, of those things. And man, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to you know, break you. But I'm telling you, as you awaken and you begin to rise up, there is a restoration of dignity. Amen? Amen. There's a restoration of respect Amen. and honor Amen. and value in your life. Amen? This is what it says in uh, Ephesians 3. What verse did I tell you to go? <clears throat> 16. He says in verse 16, he, this is the Apostle Paul praying, right, for the church at Ephesus. He says you would pray that he would grant you, he, capital letter H, who might that be? God. He says he, God, would grant to you according to... To the riches of his what? I didn't hear that. I almost heard that. He says, I'm praying that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. 
Now, let's read the same verse in the New Living Translation. I want, I want you to see uh, what it says over there. New Living Translation, if you will. He says, uh, you can look up, look at the screen. They're about to pull it up. He says, I pray that from his what? Four hundred and thirty quintillion. Did I say quintillion? Eighteen zeros. Four hundred and thirty. He says, "I pray from His glorious, unlimited resources for Him to empower you with inner strength through His Spirit." For all these years, I thought that the limiter was on God. The limiter has never been on God. The limiter has always been on us. The reason why we're not enjoying uh, that, that energy that's coming from the sun, the reason why we can't capture it is not because God hasn't given it. It is because we as mankind haven't discovered the, a way to develop batteries that can capture uh, that energy. And sometimes the reason you don't see the fullness of the things we're talking about is not on God. It is on your capacity to receive. He says in Psalm 78 verse 41, the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. The limiter is not on God. The limiter is on us. And when you arise and when you start to awaken in this reality, these truths that we see in God's word, one limit after the other, you're peeling off and you're rising to an unending rising so that you can begin to manifest everything that God has in store for you. Someone shout, God, God. Increase, increase my capacity. my capacity. That should be your prayer every single day. Yeah. Increase my capacity. The limit is not on God. God is releasing. God has released 2,000 years ago. Everything is available. He calls it everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that is consistent with the Jesus kind of life, that is consistent with our godly living in him, it has been given. It has been made available. It's time for the church to start taking full advantage of it. See, because as long as you're over here being skeptical, oh, well, brother. In fact, there are people who are over here stuck. Christians, born again, sanctified. Some of them tongue-talking, stuck over here because they go to a meeting. Someone walks out of a wheelchair over here because they haven't awakened to the truth and the realities of a Bible miraculous healing. They will sit in there and say, oh, I think they brought their own sick people. You're going to get stuck over here. This is where you're going to get stuck. No healing is going to shine. Nothing is going to reflect on your life. Is that, is that, is that a tough message? Yeah. Amen. Man, I'm telling you. There are people who sit over here and become skeptical. And do documentaries and say, well, you know, healing doesn't take place today. No, healing does take place today. We have to awaken to this reality. And what happens on the inside of you when you experience a supernatural, not of yourself, when you hear someone else sharing their testimony? Some of you stuck over here go, oh, well, you know, they weren't really dead. They, Lazarus wasn't really dead. He was, you know, he fainted. <laughs> or the children of Israel, man, God didn't really split the sea. I mean, it was shallow, you know, waters, and they just kind of walked through. That makes it even a more powerful 
uh, 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 you know, miracle and testimony if he could drown all those armies in shallow waters. That's, that's strong. Amen? You can't win for trying. But I'm telling you, we have to awaken to these truths. And when you do, effortlessly, up here, it's going to be a mark of your life. Does that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I am, I am the light of the world. The, of the, world. the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. His glory shall be seen upon me. His infinite nature of His grace shall be seen in my life. His infinite nature of love. His infinite nature of provision. His infinite nature of His anointing. His infinite nature of healing. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is a part of my life in the real world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we just thank you for every single one of them under the sound of my voice. Lord, we just thank you that you have released an unlimited glory with the intention that it may bring a shine, a reflection on us, a full-on reflection so that we may change this world. Lord, I just thank you that right now we are removing every hindrance. We are removing every blockage. We are removing every weight, every shadow, everything in between us and reflecting this light. I rebuke and remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we may have come one way, but we're going out the other. Thank you, Lord, that your shine will be seen on us. An unlimited shine will be seen on us effortlessly. Thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, we want to pray uh, uh, for you if you're here and you have sickness or pain in your body. How many of you know that there is enough glory in this room? There is enough shine in this room to dispel all darkness. Of Jesus, it says, when he was manifested in the flesh, the world, the darkness, could not comprehend his light. When light comes, darkness is dispelled. And so we want to pray for you. We want to pray for those of you online as well. We want to pray. We want to pray and release uh, this healing that is available for every single person. And so if you are that person, hey, it may be something as small as every, every month I expect a headache. And it's time for that thing to go. Amen. And never to come back. Amen. Oh, just a few amens, just a few believers over here. I said it may be something as small as a headache. We're going to command that thing to go and never to come back. It may be as, as, as small as, oh yeah, this back act. Yeah, but I can live with it. You don't have to live with it. Amen. Jesus released 430 quintillion jewels. It's time to take full advantage of it. Amen. 
Amen. It may be, oh, every month I get a stomach pain. It's time for that thing never to come back. It's not your portion. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the only way to start taking full advantage of glory is to you yourself become radical. Man, this is to start getting a little radical. When you see the sick, hey, listen, I, you know, I, I've got the glory on me. Can I pray for you? And lay hands on them and expect something to happen. Amen? Amen. And not just read it like, you know, believers shall lands on the sick and they'll recover. Oh, well, some believers somewhere. No, me. Who lands on the sick and they recover. So if you have pain, sickness, disease in your body, we want to pray for you. Lift up your hand wherever you are. We want to pray for you. Amen. I see those hands. Lift them real high so the people around you can see. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask the believers around. You are the ones that God has put the power on the inside of you. Just look around. If you see someone with their hand up, go and put your hand on them. Make a point of contact. Just walk around. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, begin to release life. Come on, open your mouth and begin to release life. Speak life. Into take charge, speak life into that body. Thank you, Jesus. Life right now in Jesus' name. We rebuke all pain, all sickness right now in the name of Jesus. And we release life in Jesus' name. Pain, I command you to go, never to come back. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for doing it. Thank you, Lord. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. That's it. Do you believe that something happened there? Hallelujah. Thank you. Someone shout, Thank you, Jesus. Now, how hard was that? Someone shout, easy peasy. You know why? Because you are not the one generating the glory. You are not the healer. Jesus is the healer. You are just connecting him with people and delivering that healing. And so at work, if someone says, I have a headache, oh, I can get you grandpa. No! Wait, let me lay hands on you. And you just do what you did. Release life. Amen. That bless you. Well, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.